You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Fall camp is here. The players have reported, and now it's time to talk football um, as LSU gets back on the practice field. Go 24-7 will have you guys covered, so be sure to keep it locked on Go247.com. I'm Billy Embody. Shay Dixon is with me. We talked a lot about the quarterback competition earlier this week and how it is no longer one with Max Johnson being named the starter with Miles Brennan going down with an injury uh, and having surgery earlier this week. Garrett Nussme- Nussmeyer is, is the backup quarterback. And Shay, um, you had a great piece on Go 24-7 in case people didn't catch it looking at the 2021 uh, quarterback outlook. And so tell us a little bit about these two uh, walk-on quarterbacks that LSU has and just kind of set the position in stone for us before um, fall camp gets underway, and then we'll move on to the rest of the preview pod. Yeah, we knew that uh, that fall camp, or excuse me, that fall camp would bring the biggest storyline as the quarterbacks. We're going to be able to get right through this quickly here. The Max Johnson-Miles Brennan battle. Uh, is something we won't get to watch play out now that Brennan is sidelined at undetermined amount of time. We've heard that it it could well be the year, the season at least. So Max QB1, and you've got Garrett Nussmeyer, your true freshman early enrollee, as the quarterback number two now. It'll be important this month, and we'll talk plenty about it, that uh, across the next few weeks, that they get him some reps and, and get his feet wet in case they need him. And then Matt O'Dowd, who's the guy that uh, came in from American Heritage, a big school in Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Uh, he was the quarterback there. He's now preferred walk-on at LSU. Uh, Orgeron said earlier this week on T-Bob and, uh, and Jacob's show that he would be the number three guy, and then they took Tavion Falk, who is Trev, or excuse me, Kevin Falk's nephew and uh, obviously related to Trev, but uh, a 6'1", 180-pound guy out of Karen Crow. He played some quarterback and some DB for him, but he'll be in that quarterback room to start off. So You've got a couple of brand new guys, uh, right? In fact, three of them are true freshmen, uh, two walk-ons and then Nussmeyer. And uh, suddenly, Max Johnson at 2-0. and And in his second year, Billy is the veteran of the room, which isn't what everybody wanted to hear uh, going into fall camp. They were hoping that Miles Brennan and Max would give them uh, two options to move through the season with. But boy, uh, Billy, the news of the week was certainly uh, Miles' injury and his subsequent surgery. Uh, and now that leaves LSU knowing uh, that if anything happens with Max Johnson, you're right back where you were, except even uh, with one less guy, but trying to play a true freshman uh, in SEC play. They did that a year ago with both Finley and Max, and and now Finley's at Auburn. And, you know, one position that uh, in a way gets a little bit less pressure on it now is the left tackle position because Max is a uh, southpaw. So Austin Deculus is charged with protecting his blind side, but that doesn't mean that position battle, which is about to rage on, isn't important. And Cam Wire is getting the nod early on here in fall camp. But this position is still one of the most important ones on the team. Uh, Ed Ogeron said earlier this week that Anthony Bradford, Garrett Dellinger, uh, who knows, maybe some wild cards will be thrown in there with guys mixing around with Brad Davis, you know, taking over the group and leading them through their first practices together. Um, but, you know, that position for me, as I watch some of these position battles probably is as important as they come for this team. This offensive line has to improve in 2021 for LSU to get back on track. 
And again, with Max Johnson's health now being a paramount concern uh, without Miles Brennan available, they need that position to be solidified quickly uh, with a quality player. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Cam Wire can hold off these guys because Ed Ogeron's really talked up this competition a little bit more than I thought he would considering Cam Wire stepped in there multiple times uh, at left tackle last year. Yeah, and I would think the hope would be that he's trying to create some competition there, right? I mean, and he's talked about Garrett Dellinger, talked about Bradford. Bradford's a guy I just mentioned so often, and Bradford played right tackle in high school. He's more of a natural guard, and, and he's been at that right guard spot. And uh, we heard in the spring them say, look, we've got to find a way to get him on the field. And, and I think probably just an open spot, uh, you toss his name into that mix and try to keep him motivated. I would think that Dellinger would be the backup right now. I haven't heard anything about them trying to, do anything like moving deck dealers from one side to the other and then subbing someone else in at right tackle. I think that when the dust settles, it's wire, right? And and that's one of the things we're watching. And we've been doing our position previews uh, across fall camp. If you didn't check across the, the before fall camp begins across that week. Uh, and if you didn't see him, you can go back to go 24 7. We've got them all listed there. Uh, but left tackle is one thing we all talked about as a position we were really watching. And, and I look at this offense, Billy, at least in fall camp. I want to see, like, they do have four starters back on the O-line, and, and if Wire can slide in there and he's had starts, and you have five guys who have starts that are in there playing for you, that would be ideal. But you want to bring these other guys up to speed as much as you can. The O-line is one of those spots that injuries occur more frequently than they might at other positions. But I look at fall camp. I'm ready to see what this wide receiver room can do beyond Keishon Butte. And I think they've got so many good options. And let me say it right now before I forget it, because I think I wrote my wide receiver part of my preview and just kept forgetting Trey Palmer because I guess he you know, hasn't broken out in those first two years and he's not one of the new guys, uh, that he was a very viable option. But the more I ask around, he's impressed folks this summer. There seems to be a thought that he's really turned it on. You know you've got Dre Jenkins. You know you've got guys back like Coy Moore uh, and Alex Adams. but there is so much focus being put on and, and by people like Coach Orgeron, who uh, we've heard Ed talk about uh, this group of four. They've moved Jack Besh to tight end, and I think he could be uh, a difference maker as a pass catcher there. But when you think of Malik Neighbors and Chris Hilton and Brian Thomas um, and who am I? Oh, Deion Smith out of Mississippi, the state's number one prospect in their lone early enroll league as a wide receiver. Those four guys, there's a hope that they use fall camp to really settle in and then take off because I get the sense with just because there are unknowns beyond Kayshawn, who's your wide receiver one, that playing time is up for grabs and they want some of those guys to step into those roles. I think fall camp, I'm excited to get out there and watch and see if one of those guys can climb their way up the depth chart because Billy, I think, I think we all pick different guys like, you know, gun to head and pick one of them who has stats at season end. I think I picked Deion Smith, but I could sit here and make an argument for all of them. I think that makes it really intriguing. I can't remember a time where LSU signed what turned into, it was a five-man receiver class, but now four of them, not including Besh, where I could argue for all of them that they're the best one of the group, and and that's a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely, and and it was a, a smaller group, you know, with Jamar Chase and uh, Terrace Marshall that that really caught, you know, the eye right away, and they played early as well, but this group, it's, it's, uh, the answers are not, you know, as clear. And, and I, I think, like you said, you can make the case for any of them. And Malik Neighbors is one that I mentioned just with his competitiveness. And, you know, he didn't play football last year. He, he sat out due to transfer uh, rules, wasn't able to get eligible. 
and so he's healthy. He's ready to go. Uh, you know, Deion Smith was nicked up in spring, so that limited his reps that he was able to get. But gosh, he's gotten rave reviews. You know, Chris Hilton is as explosive as they come. Uh, can he, you know, pick it all up right away? Brian Thomas, same story. You know, you mentioned uh, in the wide receiver preview just how well he was doing as a junior. Um, and then, you know, didn't have that great of a quarterback, uh, you know, as a senior and and kind of fell off. And there were some questions there. But this group overall, talent wise, is is way up there um, in terms of, you know, what what I've seen as far as what we've covered. Um, so it, that position group is going to be fun to watch. I look at the running backs who emerges uh, from that group. You know, Ed Ogeron really wants Ty Davis Price and John Emery to uh, get back to, you know, the trajectory they were on. Uh, as young players and 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 produce, you've got Armani Goodwin, Corey Kiner, and and former walk-on Josh Williams back there as well. Um, but then you you move over to the defensive side of the ball, and probably I think the one position uh, that I'm watching with you know the most concern uh, is the safety spot opposite of Jay Ward. But Major Burns has gotten some you know positive buzz around uh, his development this summer and what he's brought to the to the table. He brings some length to the position as well. You've got Todd Harris, you've got Sage Ryan, you've got Matthew Langlaw. I mean, there's a lot of options at that other safety spot. Um, and if they get really good play out of it, you know, that could be the difference, quite honestly, with the way this defensive line um, and revamp linebackers group on top of having, you know, the, two of the best corners in in America and, and the best corner in America and Derek Stingley um, and Eli Ricks there, uh, you know, manning the outsides. Uh, the, the, that safety spot, though, for me is the one I'm watching on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and look, I, I'll share a few thoughts on defense, but I'll jump back real quick to offense and, and touch on what you said at the end there about Ty Davis-Price, who I think has a, a really nice year. And I won't call it a breakout year because he's already played a lot and proven that he's a solid running back, but I think he's trimmed up and takes it to the next level. What I'm eager to see is what Pete's can do with John Emery. I mean, Pete's was just coaching up Christian McCaffrey. Uh, at his last stop and he he's used as versatile as anyone else in uh, the game of football at the professional level and Emory is a guy who can catch the football do a lot of things that Pete's likes from his offense so I want to see those two guys step up because I think more than ever now they've got to find a running game if you're down to Max Johnson as your quarterback you got no Miles Brennan you don't want to have to play Nussmeyer you better learn to run the football because you got to be able to to keep Max healthy and open up some things in the passing game for him as he Remember, it's just a sophomore. He started twice. So uh, he needs to still find some time to get adjusted. A lot of that will be on certainly the O-line, but the running backs to, to really buckle in and look strong in camp and, and have uh, the coaching staff feeling good about being able to lean on that run game coming out of the gates against UCLA and, and moving forward. But when I look at this defense, Billy, I'm, and this is something we hadn't talked about on the pod yet. You've got a new, you've got the same corners coach, right? But you've got a new safeties coach. You've got a new DC. You've got a new linebackers coach. You've got a new D-line coach. There's so many new variables on that side that you wonder, or at least you're going to be watching, how does it all come together? How does it mesh? Because they faced a similar spot a year ago, not completely new staff, but bringing in a new DC, a new system in Bo Pelini, and it went terribly wrong for them. And they ended up having to let Pelini go off of a massive contract uh, just one year in just to get things fixed. So you've made those moves. You hired all these new guys. You got younger uh, on both sides of the ball, really, with coaching hires. But with defense, you've got to now say, okay, we made all these changes in their work and, and that the defense looks better than it did a year ago because you're just not going to win many football games if you play like you did then and everybody looking lost. So 
I want to see how in fall camp, the whole, I mean, every unit uh, comes across as uh, being comfortable in this new defense, being comfortable with their new roles, understanding what's being asked of them, understanding their assignments. Certainly, we saw a lot of missed assignments a year ago. And then I think health is big. And I think that's big right across the board. And, and I say that uh, even more firmly, knowing that you just lost a big piece, but you're also going into fall camp now and in the span of two weeks or three weeks, a month, and Dare Rosenthal, your starting left tackle, is, you know, the two sides have parted ways and he's transferred out of the program to Kentucky. And now you've lost your potential starting quarterback, at least one of the guys who's going to be uh, in that mix to start. So you can't afford to go backwards anymore. And and certainly you need to have Stingley and Ricks on the field at all times. You want to see a breakout year from Ali Gay and guys like BJ Ojolari as defensive ends. You want to see guys like Mason Smith stay healthy and Joseph Evans and these other guys that they've talked about behind the seniors like Glenn Logan and Farrell. And then at that linebacker spot, you don't have a lot of proven guys. I mean, we did for our linebackers piece, Billy, we all talked about it. We settled in max five, maybe four guys will be in that rotation. And and two of them are new guys and Mike Jones Jr. and Bug Strong out of the JUCO ranks. So you just need to find a way. And, and I know you can't control this variable, but you cross your fingers and hope that everybody's well-conditioned and no one's out there getting banged up or doing anything they shouldn't be doing uh, and that you can keep all these guys onto the field because we saw a year ago when you start having opt-outs and I don't think they're going to have that this year, but when you start having things go wrong that take guys off your team, you can start spiraling in a hurry. I think that it's important uh, that they get through almost paramount uh, that they get through this fall camp and everybody just stays healthy. I completely agree. I mean, that is paramount and 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 you know that is uh something that i think at ogeron's managed fairly well uh during his time since taking over uh the program is is he's not afraid quite honestly to give guys days off or you know throw them in a gold jersey i mean i i feel like you know guys like for example richard lawrence when he was here was you just always seem you know and he was banged up in his ankles and things like that but you know they managed it very well so that he could get to game day and play you know and, and play fairly well so i think they're going to do that They've got the plan uh, in place to make that happen. You know, it takes some luck too to stay healthy, um, no matter who you are. And, and that's something that we're going to be watching as well. You know, if they can make it through healthy, um, you know, for that uh, opener at UCLA and and get through the season, of course, just in general. Uh, but I look to that defensive line, and, and that is a group that is as fun as anything on this team right now to really talk about. You know, I think Eli Ricks and Derek Stingley are exciting to talk about. Kayshawn Butte is exciting to talk about. But then I moved to that that defensive line. I mean, that group, it, it, I mean, honestly, since I've been covering the team, I mean, that's as good as it's gotten. Um, I know LSU's had some great defensive lines and things like that. But in terms of hype right now, uh, with between the, the guys they have coming back, and the young guys that they signed uh, in 2020 and 2021, it's a group that just seems like the sky's the limit. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how they play at UCLA more than anything else. Yeah, I think that could be a game changer. I mean, if you've got a great pass rush uh, and you've already know you've got a couple lockdown corners, uh, it seems they found some answers at safety uh, in guys moving Jay Ward back there, getting major burns to transfer in. Uh, if anything, it at least allows you to have another guy beyond Todd, a couple guys beyond Todd Harris that you trust. And then you can bring along all these freshman safeties who are all pretty good, uh, but don't have to throw them out there right away. So, yeah, I think the D-line could be the real key for them. And, and everybody's saying, hey, look, it's they brought back Andre Anthony, Gay, Farrell, Logan, 
uh, all these seniors, but what happens with all these other pieces, you know, guys who uh, are true freshmen like Savion Jones at the end and Mason Smith and Bryce Langston, guys who are second year, like Jaquel and Roy. Um, and then you throw a guy like Joseph Evans into the mix, who Coach O's talked up a ton uh, this offseason. We'll see what it looks like, but you're right. On paper, it's as good as they've had uh, in Orgeron's tenure for sure. Um, and you look at a guy like, gosh, week one last year, people said Ollie Gay looked like a future first round pick. Obviously, uh, the season plays out, out as it did. He comes back for another year, but you've got those kind of guys uh, in the boat here. And, and boy, I'll I'll close my thought here with just repeating what's a, a well-known thing. But Mason Smith has lived up to his five star billing once being on campus. And he's the type of guy that they say is the total package five star, like doesn't miss a workout, goes to class, carries a high GPA. And then when you get him out in workouts, he's one of your best guys in the weight room. He's one of your better guys in conditioning among the D-linemen. And we've seen him in pads. He looks great. I mean, he made plays in the spring uh, in throughout the spring where they were, uh, Coach O certainly talking him up as a guy that was going to be really tough to keep off the field. And, and now knowing, hey, look, he's going to be an initial starter for us. Uh, I think that he is one that could just skyrocket this year. I'm also still high on Jaquil and Roy, but you're right. <laughs> I could keep talking about it because it's one of the positions out there that you don't really worry about and makes it a little more fun to talk about. Yeah, and, and I made a bold prediction in our preview piece that Mason Smith ends up starting week one uh, in, in that group. And I don't know who he's going to supplant, but it seems like the hype is real around him. And, you know, he's going to be able to play right away for LSU and, um, it'll be fun to see him running around there. He's really just over the last year and a half just has developed so well. He knew exactly what he needed to do to get ready for this moment, and he's done it. So that'll be exciting to see when LSU takes the field, not only for practice, but week one against UCLA to see how they work out. Shay, you mentioned it earlier. The number one thing, you know, LSU must accomplish, it seems like, is stay healthy through fall camp. Is that your overarching theme? You got anything else on on what you need to see solved right away in fall camp? Well, I'll just throw it back to the point I'd made about everyone but Corey Raymond being new on defense. And then you look at the offense, Jake Peach, your OC is new. You've got a new passing game coordinator in Mangus. You've got a new O-line coach now in Brad Davis. It just happened over the summer. I think it's just going to be super important in fall camp because you've got so many new pieces, not just on the coaching staff now, but Mike Jones Jr., someone you think is going to start, is into his first fall camp right now. He just got here this summer. A lot of these freshmen just got here this summer. You're wanting to bring them up to speed. And now you're trying to make sure that Max Johnson's good to go, that you've got a rapport with your receivers, all these different elements of getting a football team ready. LSU's just got, I think it's important, right, that we see in fall camp that these coaches come together and get on the same page, and then they have the players on the same page. Because if I'm looking back at last year's season, which was things going wrong every seemingly every quarter or every series, a lot of it just looked like, I mean, defensively was where their issues were, that they weren't on the same page as any of their coaches. And that started with Pelini as the DC. I think that you cannot have yourself in a position like that again this year. If you're getting beat, it's got to be because you were in the right spots. The other team was just better. You can't just be handing it over anymore. And I just, I don't know if people are talking enough about that's a lot of new coaches and we'll see how it handles. It's, it can be done, right? I mean, I'm not saying that uh, look, Bam has turnover every year. I get it. It's college football. But what they're replacing like six or seven on-field coaches. Uh, you've got to make sure every fall practice counts with that group. Yeah, and and prioritizing the scrimmages, you know, those game days, those preseason games that Ed Ogeron talks about, getting on the same page, 
going, you know, through everything with the coaches too, you know, uh, who's sitting up in the press box, who's doing what, you know, how do you handle special teams? You know, uh, you know, I know Greg McMahon sits at the top, but you know, they, they help out each other on that front. All of those things are going to be key because, you know, it's not, not a tune-up game week one, it's UCLA um, on the road and uh, it'll be a fun environment and everything like that. But it's, it's uh, it, it, you got to be on the same page. And, and that's something that, prior to last year at at Ogeron and LSU has really done for the most part a really good job of you know they've had some slip-ups here or there you know I remember the Nick Brosette you know fumble or or whatever when he said you know he shouldn't been in the game or what have you but other than that this team has always been on the same page so getting back to that having a, a real strong fall camp not only from you know just getting better on the field but you know mentally leadership wise um, coming together, uh, that seems to be the priority, I think, for this team. It starts with bringing together the coaches and the players and getting them on the same page, um, which they'll have plenty of time to do with fall camp uh, kicking off this weekend, and we'll be tracking it all on Go247.com. So be sure to follow that. Be sure to stick with us on the Go247 podcast as we continue to break down not only fall camp, but recruiting as well. We'll have you covered on that front. Um, so stay tuned to more episodes of the Go 24-7 podcast. For Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. We appreciate you guys listening to this edition. Feel free to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and follow the Go 24-7 podcast wherever you catch your podcast at. Until next time, guys, football's here. Fall camp is kicked off, and we're looking forward to following it with you guys. So we'll catch you next time on the Go 24-7 podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.